Hello, and welcome to the James Sheets Podcast. This podcast features the sermons and preaching messages of James Sheets, who pastored throughout West Virginia for many years. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave a five-star review and share a memory of James with us. Let's listen as Pastor James Sheets begins his message. I would like to read the entire psalm. I love the Lord because he hath heard my voice and my supplications, because he hath inclined his ear unto me. Therefore will I call upon him as long as I live. The sorrow of death compassed me, and the pains of hell gat hold upon me. I found trouble and sorrow. Then called I upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord, and righteous, yea, our God is merciful. The Lord preserveth the simple. I was brought low, and he helped me. Return unto thy rest, O my soul, for the Lord hath dealt bountifully with thee. For thou hast delivered my soul from death, and mine eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believe. Therefore have I spoken, I was greatly afflicted. I said in my haste, all men are liars. What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. I will, I will pay my vows unto the Lord, now in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. O Lord, truly I am thy servant. I am thy servant, the son of thy handmaid. Thou hast loosed my bonds. I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving. I will call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all his people, in the courts of the Lord's house, in the midst of thee, O Jerusalem. Praise you the Lord. Let us pray. We thank thee, our Father, for a time that we can come into your house to praise your name, to express our faith in you and our devotion and love for your Son, Jesus Christ, who gave his life on the cross. If in our congregation there are those who are faced with decisions with regard to their life in you, we pray that this might be the time and the hour when things would be made right. For this we pray through Christ, our Redeemer. Amen. I want to ask some of you a question this morning. I want a verbal answer. I'm sure I'm not going to embarrass anybody, but Don Nelson, I want you to answer a question. I want to know, do you love the Lord? What? Senate McKinney, do you love the Lord? Bill Miller, do you love the Lord? Betty Bias, do you love the Lord? Bob Mullet, do you love the Lord? Steve Whip, do you love the Lord? Yes, sir. Aaron Saunders, you stand up so you can be seen. I want to know if you love the Lord. Janet Price, do you love the Lord? I want to know from all of you. If you love the Lord, I want you to say in unison with in 
inflection in your voice and meaning from your heart, say, I love the Lord. said, I love the Lord because of something. And certainly that response that you made is going to be very appropriate a little bit later in the sermon. I remember when I was in school that the teacher would ask me a question and I would make a response such as you did. And then she and her wisdom and me and my ignorance got in trouble because she would ask why. I didn't like that question. It was easy for all of you to say, I love the Lord. It is not so easy to return with a response as to why do you love the Lord. I'm not going to ask all of you who I called out by name to give me a response to that. But the scripture says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And we have said that we love the Lord this morning, but I want us to consider as to why perhaps we do. The psalmist said, I love the Lord because he heard my voice. One of the things that I have learned in counseling is that a good counselor listens and doesn't do much talking. The best advice that anyone can give is probably no advice but to allow the individual who wants to talk to, to spill it out. And in that process will come up with their own decisions as to what they ought or ought not to do. Very frequently, some of you in this congregation, and some of you who are not here this morning of this congregation, call me on the phone. And one phrase that I hear frequently is, I really don't want anything, I just want to talk. And so I say, okay, talk. And so we talk. But I really discover in the process of that conversation that there really was something that the individual wanted. It was not a response particularly for me, but it was the desire, the want to be heard. To be able to vocalize what was deep down inside the heart and get it out. Once in a while, we call in our church services for a time of silent prayer. I'm sure that those times are good. But you know, I'm not very much in favor of silent prayer. Do you know why? <clears throat> because I suspect that most people do what I do, and so I'm judging everyone else, I guess, by myself in this case, is that I really don't pray during that time of silent prayer. What about you? I don't know if you do or not. I fumble through a few thoughts. But I think it is important that we put our prayer into words 
so that God hears the words that we say. I'm not distracting from the fact that he can hear our thoughts as well and respond. But there is an important thing of putting into words to vocalize that which we want to say. And the psalmist, I believe, was praying out loud so that God and he both would hear the same words. And he responded that he loves the Lord because God hears. Now, I'm not so sure that we all will agree with that statement. God hears. But listen, I believe he hears. Do you believe he hears? Does he hear you? God is a good listener. We don't know much about the writer of this psalm, but there is something that we can find out about him from reading it, and that was this man was in trouble. This man was about to die. His death was almost imminent, we can feel as we read the psalm. And because of his pending death, he was full of fear and anxiety. Though he were really not ready for this point in life of coming to grips with dying, I would suspect that there are people in this congregation who are not prepared to die. And if they knew of their pending death, would have difficulty dealing with the issue and may in fact need to do some talking to God. Just this last week in one of the places that I eat lunch in, in Logan, the lady who owns the restaurant commented to me that she was going to go and have several teeth pulled, and I asked her uh, if she was going to be put to sleep to have it done, and she said, no, indeed, they're not putting me to sleep because I'm not ready to go and I'm afraid that something might happen while I'm under the anesthetic and I won't wake up. Listen, if I had that kind of fear, I wouldn't even want to go to sleep at night for fear that I might not wake up. If you're not a Christian, I would suggest to you that you never have serious surgery. Because we do know and the doctors advise us that under the influence of anesthetic there is not always a guarantee of returning. You might not wake up. This man found himself in this kind of situation and his prayer became serious. Yes, he wanted to talk and he called God on the phone and said, I've got something I want to say. And he started pouring out his life to his listener. It wasn't the flippant prayers, now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. We've all heard that. That's a good prayer to teach our kids. But listen, I think there's a point in which we should grow out of that and not be more than the formal praying of formulating words and thinking that it's going to sound great. 
When it comes to serious prayer, I'm not so sure that I want to talk in King James language. I want to talk in modern day English. And the these and the thous and the, all of those old English words suddenly escape me. I can use them in formal prayer, but when I get serious about praying, it's common, ordinary language. And that's what we better be using with God. To lay our soul out to Him. The Scripture says, make your requests known to God. The Scripture says, call upon me in your day of trouble. Or ask and ye shall receive. We automatically assume when we have stated that last verse, ask and ye shall receive, that we're going that it means ask and you will receive what you ask for. No, I think maybe we ought to understand that it means ask and you shall receive an answer. I want to ask you something this morning. Are you in trouble? 75, 80 people here this morning, there's some of us in trouble. We'd have to be. You've got troubles. And you don't know where to go. You don't know what to do. You've got problems. Few of us could sit here this morning and say, I have no problems. Everything is fine and lovely. In some of our hearts this morning, there are burdens and problems and troubles that are eating us alive, destroying us. Some of us are developing ulcers because we haven't learned to depend upon the Lord. Place things in His hand. Some of you are having family difficulties. Husbands and wives in this congregation aren't getting along. Some of you are having trouble with moms and dads, and some of you are having trouble with kids. Some of you are having troubles with school, with work, or wherever you might be. You've got trouble. And this man had trouble. And he cried out. He said, Lord, save me. You know what we can find in Acts 21 21? Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Do you need saving this morning from your burdens, from your troubles? More importantly, do you need to be saved in order that your soul is secure? You can have it by calling on the name of the Lord. He's a good listener. I want you to look and see what this man discovered. Over in verse 5, he discovered some things about God that he perhaps didn't know before. It's amazing the things that I discover about God that I don't know. He said he learned that God is gracious. That God is compassionate. 
In times of trouble, we learn that God carries his people. He didn't say that he would take away from us our troubles, but he did say to Paul that his grace, that is God's grace, was sufficient to carry one through those times of difficulties and troubles. He said that. There's no use for us to think that becoming a Christian means that everything is, is beautiful. That there are no difficulties, that there are no burdens, that there are no problems. It's all been washed away and we're going to live happily ever after. Don't you believe it? Being a Christian, and those of you who are young Christian and we baptized you recently, let me tell you. You're going to have your days of difficulties, your days of problems, your days of doubts. You're going to have all of those things coming. But listen, depending upon the Lord and the grace that he has given We'll see you through it. You come out on the other side stronger. Sometimes the Lord sends a friend to you, to me, who is the very embodiment of God himself in this instant. In a time of particular need, there has a person that has filled that void in your life. In times of need, it's been the church that has done it. Many of you have stood right here in this congregation and testified that this church became the messenger of God in your time of need. If only we would accept it. He learned also that God is good. There's a verse of scripture that I don't believe that we all will accept full-heartedly that says all things work together for good to those who love the Lord, to those who are called according to his purpose. I quoted that verse one time in a service and a lady sitting back in the church about where Bill is sitting right now violently shook her head and said, I don't believe that. But listen, that's been my experience. Out of the turmoils of life, there's been something good come. I couldn't see it at the time. When one is down, when one is ill, when one is in distress, when one is in trouble, when one has no job, when one doesn't know where the next meal is coming from, it's awfully difficult to look up. But when one puts himself in the hands of God, even out of those terrible episodes comes something good. To those who love the Lord. Do you love the Lord? He also goes on to say that the God protects the helpless. What were the results of all of this? He says, be confident, my heart. Oh, listen, the Lord's been good. We're approaching Thanksgiving. Is there anybody here that could not count blessings? Say what the Lord has done for us. 
then he responds in verse 8 to God. He said, you have delivered my soul from death. Why do I love the Lord? Somebody said, because he first loved me. What does that mean? I love the Lord because he saved me from death. He saved me from an eternity of hell. Not he will save me someday. He's already done it. He's already done it. But he doesn't stop there. He goes on to say that he stopped my tears. I don't know how many times you spend in prayer with tears running down your cheeks. But I remember back when I was a kid that I would go to my mother tears streaming down the face because I'd been hurt. Somebody had been nasty to me. Something was wrong. And she would take me in her arms and hug me and say, it'll be all right. And you know, I believed that. I believed it. If I can believe my mother, I can surely believe my Savior. And I can go to him and pour out my heart and pour out my heart and let the tears flow. And somehow in the midst of that prayer, as I pray, there is a calm that comes over me. And I know it's going to be all right. It'll be all right. Why? I'm sure you share with me in saying it's because we're safe in the arms of Jesus. I want to go over to John chapter 16. The 33rd verse. These are Jesus' words. He says this, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Now, couple that with 1 John, chapter 5. Verse 4. When John says, For whosoever is born of God overcometh the world, or whatsoever, I'm sorry, let me read it over. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. I can say and you can say to the world, you can throw at me all the problems, all the difficulties, all the distresses you want, but I will be successful. I will be victorious. I will overcome 
Why? Because my faith is in Jesus Christ, the one who overcame the world, even in death on the cross. World, you can't defeat us. We'll be victorious. There's nothing this world can do to you and me that will make them victorious and cause us to end in defeat. Because we believe in the one who overcame the world. Look at verse 9 of the 116th Psalm. Where our text is. He says, I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. He's talking about walking before the Lord in this world. I will walk before the Lord in this world. We may be in the world, but we're not of the world. We may walk on streets that have been paved by man. But listen, in our heart, we're walking before the Lord. We're already putting our feet on the streets of gold. Verse 10. He says, I believe, therefore have I spoken. I believe when you're faced with death, say, I believe. If you have a body that is being raked with sickness, shout, I believe. You have problems that have burdened you down. Cry, I believe. If you lose your friends, Keep on believing. Even if your father and your mother forsake you, keep on believing. If you lose your health to the point of death, keep on believing. The psalmist comes to this point and he begins to ask the question then in verse 12, what can I render to the Lord for his benefits toward me? What can I render to the Lord? I want to suggest to you the only appropriate thing to return to the Lord for his benefits is your life. My life, my love, I give to thee, thou Lamb of God. All to Jesus I surrender. All to him I freely give. I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily live. I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. Have you done that? Have you done that? Really? We as a congregation said, I love the Lord. Do you really? I suspect that there are perhaps some people in this congregation who did not say those words with us in unison because you cannot honestly from the depths of your heart say you love the Lord because you have never given him your life. 
My life, my love, I give to thee. The opportunity, the invitation is open and available to you. All you've got to do is say yes to the Lord Jesus. I wanted to know before we leave this congregation this morning. I'm going to ask you, you've got to know. Do you love the Lord? If not, won't you receive him today? This morning? He concludes this psalm with the words, praise the Lord. And that's what we're here for this morning is to praise the Lord. Not just by spoken words to say, I love the Lord. But in the life that we live because we have surrendered ourselves. Jesus, and he's not only Savior, but he's Lord of our life. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you hear, hit the subscribe button. You'll receive automatic notifications and downloads when a new message is added to the podcast. Also, please leave a five-star review and take the opportunity to share stories, memories, and appreciation for James Sheets and how God used him to impact your life. If you'd like to know why and how this podcast got started, check out our first episode. Lastly, if you want to donate to help offset the cost of operating this podcast, you'll find a link to our PayPal account in the podcast description and email us at james.com sheets.podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and remember to trust in God for today and for all of your tomorrows.